Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 108 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here today. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I've got another great interview to bring you. Definitely ran over time on this one, so buckle up because it's a good one. Uh, But before I introduce today's guest, because in this episode we talk a whole bunch about screen print and printing, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to the guide that I've put together at thequickiepodcast.com. It is sort of the top things to look out for and double check your file for before you send it in to a printer. This guide could help you save time and back and forth. It could help you save costs and missed things and where the printer had to make corrections to your file and all sorts of stuff like that. Head over to thequickiepodcast.com and it will be waiting there for you. So today's guest is Dan Mumford. He is an illustrator in central London, England. This episode is jam-packed. But some of the things we talk about are how he started working with bands before he even graduated from art school, and that album cover art, illustrating and drawing that album cover art, was what really kicked off his design career with an opportunity that he had even before he graduated. And before art school, Dan was actually trying to decide between art school or literature, Glad he chose art school, that's for sure. About 70% of Dan's work actually ends up screen printed, which is super cool. And he tells us how screen printing taught him to love color and why. We get into some stories about projects he's been a part of. Uh, One, which I'll say a little bit about, which was one where he presented concepts to a customer for a year for 12 months, for a year, and they were all shot down. And then he tells us a story about the Star Wars Force Awakens poster that, uh, and how that came to him, how he got pulled into that project and how he had that opportunity. Um, my gosh, this episode is full, so let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my wonderful guest, Dan Mumford. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Dan, how are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being on the show at like what could be near your bedtime right now. <laughs> well, you know, maybe in a couple of hours. Yeah, there you go. it has been a long day. So I'm I'm pretty tired, but but I'm 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 ready and raring. I'm I'm good to go. You got enough left to squeeze in a quickie just before bed. Oh yeah, right? awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so briefly, tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a freelance illustrator based in Central London. I've been working in the industry for about, I mean, realistically, it's been about 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's been pretty hardcore for 10 years. First two, you know, finding my feet a bit, but I'm definitely becoming a bit of a veteran, I suppose, at this stage. <laughs> there you go. You've crossed <laughs> you know, over I, to the other side. 
Well, you know, I'm at the point where my back hurts a lot and uh, I, I can't think of a time when I'm not just drawing all of the time. <laughs> so it's, it's a good position to be in. I'm very happy that that is the state of play. You know? That's like the marker of transition to veteran. You start getting sore, your body starts to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, like I'm, I'm only, what am I, 36, no, 35. And I sort of think if I keep up like this by the time I'm mid-40s, that could be that could be pretty bad. So I need to slow down a bit now, I think, take care of myself. You know? Yeah. So really I think that's a really funny thing to say at this age. I don't know. It feels wrong because I still feel like a kid, but you know. <laughs> I hear you there. Yeah. Something my wife is very yeah. good at is looking after her health and looking after herself, and she reminds me all the time I should do the same. Totally. Like I think if you work hard, you've got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a guy thing? Is it a little a little bit of that? What, not taking care of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. I think, I, think, I think actually whenever my partner's not here, uh, I always say I become like my worst self. So like I'm eating badly, I'm working really late, and like that's just the sort of the, the, the complete worst me. Yeah. And, uh, and whenever, whenever she is here, then like I can uh, work reasonable hours and eat better. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Um, how, yeah. so have you been freelancing basically your whole career or did you do some, some time in studio life and, um, well, weirdly pretty much my whole career has been freelance. So okay. I got really lucky straight away out of university in 2007, mid 2007. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I graduated having, I'd kind of started my career maybe six months earlier without realizing it, if you mm-hmm. will. So I was working with uh, bands and record labels, like really small uh, sort of hardcore metal bands, that sort of stuff. And I got a really good job working with some of my friends doing their first release on Warner Brothers records. So wow. kind of, yeah, like, you know, they were sort of like, do you want to do this? And I had no idea what to do, <laughs> but with some help from my tutors and you know, just some hard work. We did a lot of good stuff for uh, his bank or gallows. And like, that was pretty much be- me being thrown headfirst into what it could be to be a freelance illustrator. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I made, I made a small bit of money off of that enough sort of to take me to London for six months or so. And I just, I just went for it. You know, I just, I just made it work. And, um, it was a tough first six months, but mm-hmm. after that, you know, I, I kept the ball rolling. And since then, still going. Yeah, still going. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so yeah. what sort of, um, when was this band project that you did, your friend's band, they get this Warner Brothers deal, mm. and you get to be the guy who illustrates that and creates that yeah. visually. Um, what's the time yeah. frame on that? Like, when was that? So that would have been the start of 2007 i think and um which was also when i had to finish my final university project uh you know the one that they're going to be grading for my whole degree mm-hmm. and also i had to finish writing like the the written portion like the dissertation that's about 30 pages long and i was kind of just like i'm not really interested in that too much because this is real world stuff you know mm-hmm. um but i did all of it i pulled it all off and i managed to graduate oh boy look at <laughs> and, how responsible and, you are and do it. 
Yeah, you know. I, do you know what? I'm really good at time management, and that's. I don't think I realized that I was good good at it back then, but that's a quality that has come through with me up to this point. And, you know, I think that's a really important thing. Definitely is. Okay. So full-time freelance basically from graduation, which is rare, but Mm. awesome. Um, So I want to go back now to your childhood and I want to try and piece together how you got pointed in this direction. Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that really pointed you down this career path? Um, Well, I think I was pretty lucky in that my, well, everything I'm interested in now as an adult, my dad was like 100% behind mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So video games, movies, comic books, uh, board games, Warhammer, you know, like little miniature figures, all mm-hmm. of these things. My dad kind of just indulged me. Um, that's not to say my mum didn't. She just wasn't that interested. But my, my dad was pretty much like, cool, we can enjoy this stuff. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, like, you know, he loves all of that stuff with me. So, you know, we'll, we'll still go see movies like stupid, stupid films. You know, we'll go see stupid films together, like the latest Terminator, even though it's terrible. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like he's already booked in with me to see the new one that's coming out. I know it's not going to be very good, but we'll enjoy it. Um, And that, so he definitely like kind of just indulged all of my loves for that stuff. I was never sort of told not to do any of this stuff. Um, art was pretty much always what I enjoyed, I mm-hmm. guess. And that meant I was obsessed with comic books. Uh, mm-hmm. so mainly Marvel, I think in the early nineties, uh, Marvel, not DC really. I don't know why, but you know, X-Men were like the guys for me. I loved X-Men. Um, so that, that's, that sort of nineties aesthetic, uh, in the comics around then, mm-hmm really influenced when it didn't influence me, but I tried to copy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And that that was, that was, that was a big part of it. Yeah. So who was your favorite X-Men? Do you know what? I hate to say it, but I think I really liked Cyclops when I was a kid. And yeah, but he's not the best. Like he's kind of arrogant and awful, (laughs) but I, (laughs) I didn't know that when I was a kid, you know? Um, and of course, Wolverine, you know, it was all the classics. I liked that. It was a really good, that was a really good period of X-Men history because they had the gold team and the blue team, I think. I don't know. My, my memory is not great with that mm-hmm. stuff, but it was really, you know, it didn't really matter what the story was. Essentially. I was still obsessed with it, even if it was a bad story because of the artwork. Yeah. So, you know, I've got these X-Men stories and um, like the, the sort of imprinted in my brain. And I think they're like, not like revered storylines or anything, but because I read them over that period of like a year, maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're kind of lodged in there. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of a beauty when you're a kid, you know, it's, you're not like being too snobbish about this stuff. You just go with it. You just like what you like and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, yeah, definitely. So you like this, um, you like the comic book artwork. You're really into that. What was the, who was the person or what was the moment that you really got pointed in the direction of illustration? Like this is my career. This is where I'm going. Well, so, uh, in, in the UK, like 
towards the end of your when you're around 17 18 you do a levels which is where you have to like really decide on three subjects maybe Mm -hmm. to really focus on and i wanted to do all creative stuff so i wanted to do music uh literature and art um Music was something I could do outside of school because mm-hmm. I played in I played in bands like I was doing that anyway, so I was like, fine, I won't do that. But I was I was I was allowed to do literature and artwork at the same time, and do you know what? I very nearly did literature at university. Like there was not really anything between them at that point when I was about seventeen mm-hmm. or eighteen, and I I don't know I I just sort of. I think at a certain point I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe painting or something's easier than typing words. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I, th- I think it was as simple as that being um, being the deciding factor because because uh, I, you know, I, in my artwork I like to tell stories. For me, it's all about narrative, mm-hmm. and that was what I was fascinated with in literature as well. Um, so I, you know, I, I had a grand idea that maybe I could write stories. Um, nowadays, I don't think I'd be that good at it, but I think through visual, through the visual medium, I can tell stories mm-hmm. that are not, not quite as grand as maybe when you write something, but, um, well, no, that's not true. They can, they can be just as grand and beautiful, but, For sure, um, there's almost an extra tr- element too, because of the visual. Yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, that, 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 I decided that was what I wanted to do. It was all very much sort of, let's just see what happens, I guess. <laughs> I think it's crazy in itself that at like 17 years old, you know, we're, we're over here in Canada where you're basically graduating from high school and you're looking at mm. now your post-secondary education, um, you know, at 17, you got to kind of like nail down. So what you're going to do the rest of your life? What do you think you want to start with? It's, cr- it's, yeah. just, it's just wild. Yeah, it is. It is hard. And, and it really annoyed me as well. And I remember as a kid thinking, why can't I just do all of the creative subjects? Because mm-hmm. I'm obviously someone that's creative and there are other people that are more, you know, they, they want to do like all the different sciences and mathematics and stuff, but they couldn't do all of that either. They had to do one creative subject. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know it's so that we're, we're like these, we're made, made to be balanced, our education to balance and everything, but I don't know. The whole system sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I oh, don't think it, I don't think it was great to be for honest, sure. Um, so you had mentioned that you were really into comic books and specifically that sort of Marvel area. Um, mm. Would you say that those were the most influential illustrations or designs of your life so far, or is there something else that stands out to you? I think it was. It's a mixture of um, comic books and. Well, you know, it was, it was Marvel comic books. It was also 2000 AD, who mm-hmm. are the, you know, from England. And um, things like Judge Dredd and Slain that they released because I was able to, was, I was able to take them out from the library because I couldn't afford them. Mm-hmm. And so I would just take, I would just get the same ones again and again and read those. And they were hyper violent. And uh, I don't think my parents would have let me get them if they'd known, but, you know, <laughs> they were in the kids section. So, the comics right yeah anyway um so it was it was those and then it was also i would say album covers so like metal album covers and uh things like um well obviously things like metallica but but also one of the the albums 
the album covers that really stick in my mind are uh, the band Sepultura. They had like some of the most crazy looking cool album covers when mm-hmm. I was a kid. The music was like maybe too extreme for me as well at that point, but I just remember looking at their covers and just being like, these are so awesome. <laughs> like even if the music's too much for me, these guys are amazing. It turned out the music was amazing as well. So, you know, I got into it. But, <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. And also, actually, and also, like, all of the Iron Maiden covers, um, you know, they were also incredible. So it's just mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I was like, this is cool. Like, I want to do this, you know? There you go. That pointed you in that direction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask then, Dan, are there some designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow now? And what about them do you like now? Um, do you know what? It's a really tough question because I, I really try hard to not, to not take on too much from other things, mm-hmm. not take too much influence from other artists or brands or anything because especially nowadays it's very easy to do that with uh instagram especially instagram to be honest Mm -hmm. like you can just sort of be scrolling through and without even realizing it you know you might look at certain things more and then the algorithms change so you're specifically seeing these artists and then that might subconsciously seep into your style you know that's a whole big conversation but I've always tried to be very careful about not chasing or, or or sort of being too closely looking at other designers or brands or anything. Mm -hmm. But I would say I do massively look up to like my contemporaries. So other artists in the same field as me doing very similar things, Mm -hmm. but you know, in different styles, like I'm always so inspired by the work that my friends and, you know, what people, artists that I'm lucky to call my friends, like I'm just amazed sometimes because they just put stuff out and you go, hang on a minute, you didn't mention that. And it's just like, you've been slaving away on this huge <laughs> piece of artwork. And when we met up to just have a drink, you didn't even mention it. It was like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's just, um, I don't know. I, I just have a great admiration for a lot of, a lot of artists out there that are doing the same thing as me. So it sounds um, like you have it's a, a nice community. I was just going to say that it sounds like you have a really good community built around you that, um, you know, really supports and encourages each other, especially when they post work that, you know, was otherwise secret. Yeah. Well, do, do you know what I, I've, there's definitely, um, there's a few guys in the UK that I get to see, uh, maybe once or twice a year. We try and get together, uh, like Richie Beckett, uh, Drew Millwood, Tom Hovey, Tom Newell, um, you know, we try and, we just try and get together, just to sort of hang out and do you know what? Don't actually talk about artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really nice because th- those guys are all just doing this amazing stuff. And then, you know, they, yeah, just a lot of admiration for them. And th- there's tons of other artists in the UK as well that I love seeing and hanging out with. Um, you know, there's too many, ma- there's, there's too many to name. Mm-hmm. And then of course around the world as well, there's amazing artists and, um, you know, I'm going out to New York Comic Con in about three weeks now. Um, and I'll get to see some other amazing guys out there like um, Marco Manev and Vance Kelly, Kevin Wilson. Uh, I think Matt Ferguson's going to be out there. Um, 
you know, they're all, they're all great artists who it's just always nice to see people doing the same sort of thing as you. Cause you can, you can have a little moan, you know, you can just sort of say, uh, yeah, I've been working on this and this client's been rubbish or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but because we're working in the same sort of world immediately, even if you don't, if, even if you don't know an artist that well, but you know, their work from online, you can, um, you can kind of just immediately share a connection about stuff like that. And it's, it's almost, quite a, quite a relief sometimes. I think it's like you're me. almost com- understood immediately. That's exactly, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you, you know, I think that's really nice and yeah, New York comic con will be really nice to see many artists. I know there's lo- going to be lots of people out there. Very um, cool. Yeah. Even though that place is nuts. It's so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> Um, Dan, I want to ask you now a little bit about print and in your 12 year career, have sure. you been able to utilize print at all, um, through design career, any projects that ended up going to print that, you now you know, hold close to your heart? Um, well, t- to me, print means screen print most of the time. Uh-huh. And that, and that's, that is, I would say 70% of my output ends up as a screen print. Oh, and cool. Screen, screen print's super important to me because n- not only, well, no, the main thing is that when I was at university, that was the main way I learned how to work with color. Uh-huh. Um, I was awful at color. I only worked in black and white, didn't know what to do with color at all. And one of my tutors, uh, a gr- actually a really good artist called Ian Wright, he, he suggested, why don't you try screen printing? Just choose one color and put that with your black and white line work. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did that. It was just, I, what did I do? I drew, I drew the horseman of the apocalypse. <laughs> it was great. And I did like a screen print that was red on a base layer and then black on top. And from there, like I learned to love color. if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at my work now, you'd be like, yeah, Dan does stuff that's like, rainbow colored you know i do all of these colors and it's it's all because of screen print and so to me the screen print's been super important it's kind of defined the way i make work if you will Uh Um, and so it's always a wonderful thing to see things come back as a screen print especially because i do everything digitally now so every time i get a delivery of a new print and it's you know it's got that sort of nice ink smell and it's got that tactile feel and that that's that's always a really special moment there really um, isn't anything like it going from design no. on screen to then holding it in your hand and the the paper and the ink smell like that's you can't yeah. replicate that no and, and and i've done i've done i've also done tons of cds uh like i must have done about 100 cds or so where i did the booklets and everything mm-hmm and that that was always really good, but it's never as good as a screen print because it, it it's always you know it's always just a little bit um, I don't know it's not quite as exciting. There's something about a screen print, especially because you can make it huge. You know, if you're doing some sort of twenty four by thirty six print, it's always pretty amazing to take that out because it's yeah. way was when I created the artwork. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's always a special moment too. Yeah. 
That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. That moment is amazing when you get it in your hands. Um, So Dan, the next couple of questions I have for you, take you down part of your career that you might want to probably forget, but I'm going to bring it out of you. (laughs) (laughs) A spot where you maybe made some mistakes, maybe learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out. Um, So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Okay, so I think what I'm going to have to do here is talk about a project without too many specifics, yep. if that makes sense. Yep, give me the because, lessons. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to badmouth anyone of too much. Um, so basically, I've had to work on a project maybe two years ago where it was a licensed property for a film, uh-huh. very famous film, very popular film. Um, and I had all these great concepts. Well, I thought they were great concepts, uh, for how we could do something across a series of films, mm-hmm. uh, cause it's a series and, you know, like all of the ideas I came up with were just shot down by, uh. well, I, d- I don't know who it was shot down by mm. specifically, but they, they, they were sort of like, no, no, that's not true to the film. No, no. No, just no. And we went back and forth for about a year till it got to the point where <laughs> where the idea had been completely taken down to, here's a screenshot of the film. Can you just draw that? <laughs> okay. And I was a bit like, where's the imagination in that? Where's the fun? Like, yep. you, you basically asked me to, 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 you asked me for my ideas. I gave you my ideas. And none of them worked. Uh, and that was just, do you know what? It was just super disappointing because uh-huh. it was something I was really looking forward to work on. And when it came time to actually work on the final artwork, I couldn't care less. I was just all like, I'm kind of just doing this because we've spent so long getting to this simple point. Um, and even then it was stupid because there, there was like, there was ele- there were elements in the image that weren't, shown within the film and they were like these elements aren't right how do you know you they're not in film you you don't know that they're not right do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean they were like these plants aren't right or whatever um and that it was just it was just really silly it was i don't know i think there was an art director somewhere in some some studio who's trying to make it his project i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but eventually it got done. The final artwork was done. I was happy with it. People liked it, but there was no heart in it by the mm-hmm. end because it was com- because that the the sort of the restrictions totally sapped the energy out of it. And I would say, generally, with any project, for me at least, the first idea I have is normally the one that I go with. It's normally the one where, like, the energy's there. The, mm. the spark the spark is there and the more you overwork something sometimes it just becomes stale and a bit boring and I was if, if it's something that is very specifically licensed I'm always trying to be very true to it but I don't think that should stifle the imagination or the creativity behind it mm-hmm. and um, and yeah you, you know with a project like that for me I'd agreed to do it so I went through with it you know and I'm I'm a, I'm a a man of my word, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely think there are a few points there where I, I wanted to, 
throw the towel in. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in the end you do, you did good work for it, but it just mm. didn't have the, the heart that it could have in, in your opinion. No, because, and it just lacked any energy. And, yeah. and, and, you know, the initial, the initial ideas I'd had for this project were, were exciting. They were sort of a little bit action packed, you know what I mean? And yeah. they just had a bit of, bit of drama in them. And, and by the end of it, uh, you know, every single element of it was being manhandled by someone else. And, oh, you know, yeah. you just, it's just like, nah, this isn't very fun. <laughs> okay. That is a really good one and a great example, you know, and you got through it by, you know, in the end of the day, doing the work that the customer paid yeah. for, the customer wanted. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that was a great about, um, you know, a specific project. Do you have a, another specific project or another point in your career where you've really felt, um, you know, a challenge and you either, you know, rose to that challenge or it just fell flat and you learned something or? Um, yeah, for sure. I, I think, let's see, two, two years ago, it's quite funny because I don't think I've learned my lesson, but uh, I'll get I'll get to that in a minute. All right. So, so two two years ago, I was working on a gallery show uh, for December of it was, so it'd be December two thousand seventeen. Okay. And I was working at the gallery show for that, and I'd I knew I had a lot of work to do, like twenty pieces or something, mm-hmm. and I really hadn't got much of it done. And then I also got invited to go out to Adobe Max in our, in Las Vegas that year. Yeah, yeah. And then I had something else going on, and then another project came along, and all of a sudden I was like, uh, uh-oh, I've got like, I don't know, 40 pieces of artwork to do in three months or something, which is not a fun prospect at all. It sounds terrifying. Um, and I don't even know like what's I, involved. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm quick. I, I can, I can do artwork quickly if I need to. I, I've, I've got my process down to a really precise thing now. Mm-hmm. So I, and a lot of the time I come up with ideas just sort of in my head during the day before I get to the studio or whatever, or at the weekend. And I kind of know what I'm going to do before I even put pen to paper. But mm. this was still a very daunting prospect. And I think it was probably, it wasn't a career low, but it was so draining and so tiring. And it was a a case of working, normally working seven day weeks with an occasional day off here and there, uh, working, you know, probably 12 hours just hunched over drawing. It was just stupid, you know, like that's one of the reasons I've got a bad back now, probably, you know, um, mm. and so that wasn't great, but what I will say is at the end of the day, I was very happy with all the work I did. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I didn't half ass anything. I, I made sure all the work was, was good. The stuff I had to do for the gallery show, I was really happy with it at the end of it. It was a really, I think sort of the day. I got to the gallery, uh, and this was in LA at Gallery 1988. The day I got there and I saw all the artwork laid out on the floor, that was like such a huge weight off my shoulders that mm-hmm. I, I was just, that was amazing. It was one of the best feelings ever. 
So, you know, it was sort of a bit of a low followed by the absolute best feeling. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, I think I think that happens a lot of the time, though, right? Um, and, and then, so basically, that's happened again this year. <laughs> and I, I have to do quite a lot of work for December, another show. Um, and I'm also going to Comic-Con. I'm also going to Adobe Max. And I have other projects to do. But it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm not going to stress about it. No, don't. It's fine. It's all fine. And I'm also trying to buy a flat at the same time. And if anyone who's done that before, you know that that's incredibly stressful too. So I'm just like... You'll pull it off and you'll look back and laugh. Exactly. I think by January 2020, it's going to be great. I'm going to feel great. But Perfect. Oh, and, and, and the UK is like in political turmoil as well. But, you know, I'm not even thinking about that. Ah, nothing, nothing to worry about. It's out of your hands. Out of your hands. <laughs> it, 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 it is out of my hands. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. Dan, I'm going to turn this bus around for you then. And I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing, or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap. Okay. Um, so... Well, one of the best things was that show I just talked about in 2017. That was great because I, I genuinely did feel really, really um, happy with what I did for that. Mm-hmm. But the other project that I think has to be, do you know, I'll, I'll mention two. I'll quickly mention the one that kind of kicked off my career, and that mm-hmm. was doing the album cover for Gallows because we did this album cover, we did two EPs, and it really did sort of put a little blueprint out for me as an artist. Uh And it was a really, it was a really nice way to sort of say, Hey guys, I'm here and this is what I'm going to do. And that, that definitely laid the groundwork for the first like four years of my career. Cause Mm -hmm. I mainly just did music stuff. And, and also I still look back on those and I'm just so happy with them. Like it's, the artwork itself, like, you know, nowadays I wouldn't do what I did then, but it still stands as a real sort of testament to to that moment in time. And and it was also a great album and I think kind of quite an important album for UK, like, punk at the same time. So overall, that was fantastic. But then, like, a more modern one for me would be when I got to do the, uh, when was it, 2015, I did the Force Awakens posters uh-huh. and i did four four posters for imax and star wars and that was just like wow like i'm actually doing something for the release of this brand new star wars film uh-huh. but not only is not only is the world like can't believe it's happening you know this new film but i get to be a part of it and that's a childhood dream mm-hmm. right like, that was amazing and and the fact that i was able to play a little part in in that that first brand new star wars film was was so special and uh i'll always look back on that as a sort of wow moment you know that's a great one yeah so yeah, how was did, good was so good. how did that come about just really quickly how did how did that opportunity um come your way so I, th- I think, well, it was because I was in the charity art show 
called Art Art Awakens. Okay. And that was at, that was at Gallery 1988. I think that must have been like six months before The Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It was something like that. And and I think just through me doing a piece of artwork for that, um, like the just connections got made between the gallery and me and uh, someone at, was it Disney then? It would have been Disney then, I guess, yeah. Uh, and I just got an email, you know, I just got an email from a few people and... Um, so I'm I'm very I'm thankful to 1988 for having me be part of that show because that was that was definitely like the the, the Kickstarter to me being mm-hmm. stuff for for them and for Star Wars yeah. So when you got that email, were you like, oh, of course this is coming my way because you know look at the work I've done, or was it like a come on, <laughs> this isn't real? Who's pranking me? Come on. Um, no, I would never have expected that email. Like I'm. I think only now do I kind of, this is going to sound weird. Like only, I think only now do I kind of look back at my body of work and, uh, and sort of go, okay, I do, I do stuff that's pretty good sometimes, Uh you know? Uh Um, and I, I don't want to be like just a really humble guy or or whatever. Cause I think that's also like, not a fantastic trait to have mm-hmm. you got to you've got to believe in your own works Definitely. to an extent um but i but i think i always i generally look at other people's artwork and go these guys are doing amazing work you know um so i would never expect that i'm gonna get something like that mm-hmm. but it's amazing when it does yeah, happen for sure. and, and 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 you know now now i i I hope that those sort of projects come along. You know? <laughs> but I, I never, I never take anything for granted. Like if a, a project like that comes along, like that is super special. And I'm always so thankful that I get a chance to be a part of something like that. Yeah. It's amazing. Awesome. So Dan, what is one design product tool website or a community that you just can't live without? Um, well, product wise, it's got to be Photoshop because that's where I do absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do have Illustrator and InDesign. I use them for various little bits here and there, but nearly everything I do is Photoshop. Um, sometimes I use an iPad when I'm traveling, but uh, it's all about pixels for me. <laughs> um, everyone thinks my work's vector-based whenever I meet them or we talk about it, but I hate vectors. I can't can't do Illustrator. It doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I will give a little shout out to a community that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and that's the empties t-shirt forum. So when I was starting out around 2007 to, I want to say 2009, maybe a bit later, mm-hmm. that was a community where it was purely for uploading t-shirt designs, like band t-shirts and stuff. And that was like my first example of being part of a design community. Cool. Because we just we all uploaded our t-shirt designs and we'd be like, oh my god, look at this new one that God Machine's done, or you know, you know, and it would be like little competitions between us to get the best tea of the day and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really cool because um, I learned a lot from other people there at the same time doing the same sort of thing as me. 
Um, and it's a real shame that doesn't exist anymore. But mm. it, it's sort of transformed into various other forums, and I think there's groups on Facebook and stuff. It's not quite the same, but yeah. yeah. Um, so now's the time of the show for the Ask It Forward question. Um, mm-hmm. This is where I have a question for you, for my previous guest, yep. and you yep. get the opportunity to ask a question on my next guest. I'm not going to tell sure. you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. Um, and I dropped the question, so just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back. Okay. Um, so my last guest, like I mentioned, was Clementine from Glasgow, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. is a sort of freelance designer and art director. Um, and she wanted to know, does the place you live have an impact on your design practice? And why mm. or why not? Does the place I live impact my work? I don't think it does, you know. I think maybe the environment I work in does. Uh-huh. But the place, because, you know, London... London is just London. <laughs> I think London, I, I love London, but I think it, you know, I could do the same thing in any city, but mm-hmm. I'd need my, I need my setup to be very particular. Mm-hmm. Like I, I work, I, I have my setup in the studio to my specifications. I, I moved into a new studio about six months ago and that was the first time I'd been able to like kind of build a studio to how I want it to be if that makes mm. sense yep, totally before nice. then it was just sort of like a ramshackle things falling over and stuff <laughs> um and for me it's important to be in a studio with if you share with people that you get on with and like you've got a good vibe and a good environment around you and i used to be in a studio with like 20 people which was nice but ultimately just too many pe- too, too many people probably mm-hmm. um and now I'm in a studio with just two other guys and uh, uh, an illustrator called Tom Gould and a, a book cover designer called John Gray, both fantastic. And they're just, you know, they're just really nice guys. So it's a really chilled out environment. And that's good because we, we all just get on with our work. And mm-hmm. if you need to talk to someone, there's someone there. And if I worked on my own, I'd, I couldn't do that. I, I've, I've not been in a studio or worked at home for my whole career actually i did it a little bit when i came to london at the start but that was i couldn't do that at all i Mm. i couldn't focus um so i i need i need a few people around me in a in a work environment Mm -hmm. yeah nice and that does and that does affect me yeah (laughs) i like it i like you work are you um Sort of turned the question a little bit, but I like your your answer. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Um, so, Dan, what's your question? Well, I think my question is to whomever the next person you talk to is: mm-hmm. um, What do you do to zone out while you work? So, and the reason I ask that is because for me, I spend a lot of my time kind of just drawing i've got the plan in place i've got the sketch in place and i've got like 20 hours worth of just going at it i've just got to draw mm-hmm. and you know i i need to put on a, a long podcast series or some sort of tv show just have that in the background and before you know it six hours have passed 
and that's a super important part of my my workflow for me mm-hmm. um, so so yeah what so do what, I do uh, to, what tv show yeah, do you that? usually put on what do you usually put on in the background <laughs> this is so this is funny because right now i'm in the middle of my yearly seinfeld run through nice um <laughs> and and I, i'd say this happens every year when i like have a it's about this time every year when i've got a lot of work to do and the reason i put something like that on because i'm working on two monitors i've got the cintiq and the the imac and i just have it on the imac screen and you know i know what happens in those episodes i know what happens and it's kind of just like I don't need to watch it really. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just sort of like, Oh, this is a good episode. This is a funny bit, but I'm not even really looking at the screen. No, you, know? you just remember um, it. Exactly. And, and it's just a really fantastic way for me to, to space out. Um, I know a lot of people listen to, to music and stuff, but weirdly music doesn't work for me. Cause I think I need something to hold on to a bit more, mm-hmm. um, like a story element or something. Because when I'm drawing, I'm really not, thinking too much about the drawing it's i'm very much doing that on autopilot Mm -hmm. um in in a good way a good it's what's coming to you naturally and that's so you're not trying to force anything yeah exactly yeah nice i love it dan you've reached the end (laughs) of the quickie podcast man okay great thank you so much for being a guest on the show today no worries at all thanks so much for having me All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you made it right to the end, the full 45 minutes or so, thanks for hanging in there. And it's not really hanging in there because Dan really brought it. I did not want this episode to end. Borderline two-parter, but I'm glad I kept it all together because there's so much here. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I am going to be holding off on putting episodes up for the weekend, but we'll have more for you starting Monday. Have an awesome weekend. Talk to you later.